Hey guys, a very warm welcome to the My Pristine Mind podcast. I'm your host, James Monaghan, and I am truly grateful to be able to bring this show to you. I want to take an opportunity to thank each individual listener for taking the time to tune in today, and also congratulate you in making a decision in exploring all the topics we talk about on the show. So get ready for another exciting episode and sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. And I am joined again by Crystal from Seed Rise Bloom. Hello, Crystal. Hey, James. Thank you for having me back on. Really excited to dive into the topic about relationships. Yes, yes, me too. Me too. And we're coming right off the bat from our dating um, our dating podcast we've done before. So are you excited about jumping into this one with relationships? Oh, look, it's a bit of a tricky topic, isn't it? Because it can be exciting, but it also can be um, a little bit of a daunting topic to discuss. It is quite deep. There's a lot of different routes we can talk about. There's no one relationship. There's no one thing to talk about. But I'm confident that we can put it off. Are you? Absolutely. (laughs) And I think listeners are going to really love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... We were talking about dating and um, did you get many people uh, talking to you about that? Was there many mixed reviews or did anyone reach out to you? Yeah, a few people reached out to it and a lot of people that I know listened to the podcast, which was super cool. Um, But I found it really interesting because I made a point in the last podcast about um, ghosting and how women contacted me about their experiences with ghosting before we actually did the dating podcast. Um, This time I had men contacting me and telling me their experiences with dating and their experiences with ghosting. And it was just really refreshing to hear. Mm -hmm. And is there any kind of advice that you would give from the last podcast, you know, from what people have said to you? Because Nearly you would want to have an, a little review of the podcast because more things seem to come to light after we, we do these. Uh, not necessarily advice, like pretty much the same stuff that we covered last time about just being really authentic and genuine and transparent. I think that's really important. And also knowing your self-worth and where you stand, not really dragging out situations that undervalue who you are. Yeah. So today we're getting into relationships and let's imagine we're coming from the dating. Now we, we, we've been dating for a while. We like this new person we're seeing. So we're getting into a more serious, um, serious relationship. What are your views on asking the other person out? What are my views on asking the person, other person out? Mm-hmm. Is there any rules around this? <laughs> like, I don't know. But to be honest, because anybody could do it. It doesn't, it's not very gender based. I, I know sometimes people think like the man should ask a woman out. But at, in modern society, it doesn't really matter. And I guess the only confusion is, Sometimes when it's not spoken about, it's like, are we exclusive? Are we like seeing each other? And then that's when it pops up. Like, are we seeing each other? Mm-hmm. Like, we've all had those awkward moments. Like, hold up, is this a relationship or something else? And also, it's 
always at the stage of the relationship where you're not really quite comfortable um talking about it yet well you know in from my experience um I've been in this position before and for any Irish listening to the show you will probably know all too well that Irish guys especially are as lackadaisy and relaxed when it comes to this topic um asking asking the other person out officially I mean Mm -hmm. an Irish guy can go months without asking a girl out officially or asking anyone out officially and it can drive some people crazy because it it is really important to to some people and, and especially different cultures and you know different people's backgrounds people some some people really expect to be asked out yeah this is true and I don't know I think you're right about the culture situation I think it is very culturally based as well Mm -hmm. sorry I I don't know it depends on like the scenario like I know for like um Latino backgrounds for example it's like if you're seeing each other and you're hanging out and you're talking all the time and you're you know intimate with one another it's just a relationship like there's nothing to be spoken about like if you go to the guy hey I'm gonna see some I'm seeing someone else you'll be like what the hell are you doing no you're not you're mine Like, it's just a given. Like, it's just an automatic perception of, like, no, we're, we're already in a relationship. But, I mean, unless they've kind of grown up in Australia or have an Australian background, it's a bit different. They'll be like, okay, what is this? Like, let's, I was so going to make it official. In Australia, is it kind of a, a, a given that you, you should make it official at some stage? Mm, I guess if the conversation comes up, if you don't know where you stand... Mm-hmm. It, every person is really different it comes down to personalities as well like every person is different do you think there's any kind of ways that we can bring it up if if you're someone that kind of does want to have clarity on it and if it is important to you but you're seeing someone who who is maybe a little bit like me who likes to be more relaxed but is there some way you can kind of bring it up in a way that's not going to shock the other person i guess well, for anyone who knows me, I'm direct. So I don't know <laughs> any other way, really. Because it just depends on the dynamics with you ha- that you have with the person. Like, I don't know, personally for myself, I would be like, hey, we've been seeing each other for a little while. I just want to know where I stand. Like, should I have options or should you be the only option? Is this exclusive? Is it going to be into something more? Because I don't want to waste my time. Yeah, and it's not It's not a, a like a really... It's. It can be overthought sometimes. You know, if, if people are worried about what yeah. their reaction is. Um, it's a question that shouldn't be overthought. It should be easy to ask because it is important in one way. Exactly. And it should be an easy answer as well. Because if you can't answer that person whether you want a relationship, then clearly you don't want a relationship because it'll be an easy yes, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have any sort of thoughts about it and you're not 100% sure, then clearly you don't want a relationship and you need to be open with that person because you're doing a disservice to yourself and you're doing a disservice for that person because that person may be looking to settle down with someone and you're just wasting their time. Yeah. So it's really important to be open, especially at that stage. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, 
the big thing on relationships as well when you start going out and you get into this um honeymoon period you know when you're learning all these new experiences you're learning all these new feelings about this new person you're seeing and you're really falling head over heels <laughs> um mm-hmm. like how do you think people can enjoy the, the the honeymoon period without kind of bringing too much anxiety into play because i know um for me I've never been in many relationships and it's only been recent in recent years. I kind of um, started putting myself out there. But in my in one of my first relationships, I was telling my friends about this um, new girl I was seeing and how really amazing it was and how how I was kind of head over heels. And I was even kind of putting myself out there by telling them. And, you know, they basically said, well, enjoy it. This is the honeymoon period. It's not going to last long. And. You know, I've heard of the honeymoon period at that stage, but I didn't understand it because I, I, I'd never been in that situation. But I was like, oh, God, Do you know, I started thinking, so are these feelings going to go soon? Is this kind of artificial love? What is it? And I started overthinking and I think I wasn't being present. I wasn't enjoying it as much as I should have been. Yeah, that definitely can happen. I mean it's hard because it can come down to like expectations and whatnot because when you're in that honeymoon phase it's like a euphoric high like anything that you get in life or you have in life like you could buy a new gaming console you can buy new makeup you can buy a new novel and you have this euphoric feeling of like wow this is exciting because it's new so if you really sit back and analyze that and you analyze like even having new experiences the same feeling that you get is always the same so when you're entering a new relationship, it's a thrill that it's something new, it's something foreign, and it's something exciting. Mm-hmm. The only way to, I guess, maintain that is also having clear expectations within yourself, like realizing that there is good and bad to someone. They have different sides to them. They're not going to be 100% perfect, and they're also not going to be the same person within the honeymoon phase because you don't fully know them. You only know them on a surface level. Mm-hmm. Um, So being realistic about that and also just enjoying the time. I think when people get into a relationship and they're in that honeymoon phase, like you said, when they start overthinking about it, they start overthinking about, wow, if this gets serious, what's going to happen in the future? What about buying a house? What about having kids? What about if you live in two different states? What about moving together? And then that adds pressure to the situation. And they are very common feelings from people. they're very very common I mean this isn't some people feel Mm -hmm. this a a lot of people feel that yeah 100% and I think like even you and I have felt that when we've had our own relationships (laughs) Mm. (laughs) do you think like when you're in that honeymoon period that you can um, as an individual you can try too hard to impress the other person some people, not all people. And that comes down to your own inner values and your own inner belief systems. Like some people feel like they really need to impress that person because they don't want that person to leave or they think they have to um, do it as an achievement, Mm -hmm. you know, to win the relationship, but they're already in that circumstance, if that makes sense. And Um, yeah, that, that can kind of create unrealistic expectations too. I mean, if you're doing that, 
are you kind of expected to keep up that keep keep it up for the rest of the relationship i mean that doesn't really affect affect it um in a healthy way in the long term does it no it doesn't because then that person may have that perception of you the whole time mm -hmm. and then you're having that conversation do you remember six months ago when you used to be like this why aren't you like this anymore <laughs> <laughs> it's so like you know you don't want to be in that conversation no no how do you explain yourself well, I was just trying to exactly. impress I you. Wanted, <laughs> I just wanted to impress you. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to impress you so I can just lock you down for the next, you know, few years or maybe just forever. Yeah. What do you think? This is this is actually the real me. So I hope you still love me. <laughs> <laughs> so what are kind of um, the healthier ways to, to, to show love? Um, not just in the honeymoon period, I guess, but like, in general, is there any like healthy ways to, to kind of show your partner who you are and, um, you know, in a more sustainably way, I guess? Well, yeah, as humans, we have different ways of expressing our feelings, our emotions. And, you know, there is a thing called love languages. And there's different ways that we will show it. It could be like acts of service where you do a nice gesture for your partner. It could be um, affirmations. And affirmations, it's not the typical sense of affirmations. It could be words of support and encouragement. Mm -hmm. um, other things could be physical touch. Um, where you have to, like, you just love touching your partner and you're just very affectionate. I mean, that's a type of love language. So it really depends on how you express yourself. Do you think this is new information for a lot of people, love language? Maybe, yeah, for some people it is, but we just do it naturally. We just have a way of expressing ourselves. Like we either like to buy gifts for someone, like I said, physically touching someone or doing something nice. Like we just, it's just ingrained in our personality and it just so happens to fit under a category called love languages when it comes to the dynamics of a relationship and you know just as you were speaking about that I was thinking about it and something started clicking in my mind <laughs> but um again I'm going to come back to an Irish culture thing even from parents um I think Irish mothers love to show their affection and their love by cooking a lot of food and probably with a lot of cultures you know the, um, mm -hmm. the mammies cook really nice dinners and try and feed their kids and, and get them as fat as possible. That, and that's a success. <laughs> but is that a way of showing love through, through, through cooking food? Yeah, of course. Like that's considered an act of service. So you're doing gestures. You're like doing things to show you that you really love and adore this person. So all them times I've been making pancakes... For people that's that's showing love well i mean it depends on how good your pancakes are because if they taste horrible i don't know if that's an act of love or a crime <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm not going to be the judge of that i think they're pretty good but i'm not going to i'm not going to put myself out there too much <laughs> next podcast it's like determining how good your pancakes are <laughs> yeah <laughs> and like, have you kind of come across situations before where a person is showing, you know, 
a huge amount of love in one area, but not in another area. Yeah, of course. Of course. I'm like big into physical touch. Like if I'm in a relationship with someone and I love them and I adore them, I want to touch them. I'm just that type of person. Like I want to kiss you and touch you all the time. Um, but like I have been in a relationship before where I was probably more affectionate to that person than I have been in my previous relationships because of the connection. And he is just not like that in public. He's just not very touchy and stuff. And it doesn't mean that he doesn't like it. It just makes him feel uncomfortable. And what do you do in that situation? Ah, look, you have to adapt and you just have to be respectful and understanding that that's their boundaries and that's where they're at and that's who they are and that they express their love and other aspects. And it's kind of just navigating around that, you know, and just being okay with it and not taking it personally, like there's a flaw in them or a flaw in their relationship because of that. Do you think there's any way you can like meet in the middle somewhere or how is there ways to work around that? Uh, I don't know. How do you meet in the middle about touching someone in public? Like, <laughs> you can't. No, maybe settle on meeting in the middle and going for a nice dinner somewhere. <laughs> Could be, but then that's like different, isn't it? That's like the love language of like acts of service yeah. or gifting. It's not really like touch. No, it's not. Yeah. I guess so everyone is like, different. I guess... Yeah, 100%. And the only compromise is that you respect each other's boundaries and you um, be grateful for the type of love that you show each other rather than expecting the same love that you show for them to show it back. Love language. What else can we speak about the love language? Are you questioning your own love languages right now? I am slightly questioning my own love languages. Yeah, it's a lot of food for thought. And I, I, I'd say a lot of people are. I'd say this is new to a lot of people because... Until I spoke with you, I haven't heard of this stuff. You know, I've obviously known there's different ways of showing love, but um, what are the love languages again? Can you go through them once more? Okay, so there is a couple of them. One of them, well, let me rephrase that. There's five in total, and one of them is called acts of service. So that is exactly what you were talking about before, like making the pancakes, cooking for loved ones. That's considered an act of service. Another one is quality time, like somebody who will dedicate time to their partner. Like it could be the smallest thing. They might just plan a dinner out or they might just plan time with their partner not being on devices. That's like quality time where they're just dedicating that whole time to them and not being distracted by anything else. Mm -hmm. Um, the other one is physical touch, like obviously holding someone's hands, giving kisses, you know, just small things like that. Yeah. Um, we touched on before about words of affirmation, which was basically words of support and praising that other person. It could be something small like um, your partner could get dressed up for an event and you could say, you look really nice in that outfit. It looks really great. You look really nice. Like that is an affirmation. Mm -hmm. And the other one is gifts, which is pretty self-explanatory, right? Like buying gifts for your partner. It could be like they've had a bad day. So you bought them a bunch of flowers. 
can we just go back to time um you said about giving time and quality time like mm-hmm. like is that absolutely necessary is that something you need to show you need to adapt this for your relationship look i think like being in a modern world where we're so busy like some of us could just work really really long hours or we could be juggling multiple different projects and everything is just online we're constantly on our phone like constantly on our phone and I can be really bad for this too constantly on my phone but just something small like putting down your phone and spending quality time to someone shows that you are like putting all their like all your focus onto them or even just organizing a date night something like that just organize a time where you are spending time really quality time and, and being present with with your partner mm-hmm. exactly watching a movie playing a game together small things what about overcompensating with gifts i don't know like from a, like a female perspective but i know from males they do it constantly buying girls flowers or I don't know just small things it could be chocolates whatever the case may be I think sometimes it can be overly done because especially in that honeymoon phase some guys just want to be a bit impressive and do little nice things like that and that's cute but they're not going to keep that up like three years into the relationship mm-hmm. yeah that's so, um can be overdone yeah it's something I've never came across before um for me i don't think i've ever been completely showered with gifts but it's definitely something i've never um done either and be simply because i knew that if i was to do that i would never keep that up and i plus i don't think it's healthy anyways i don't think it's healthy to be show, overshowing um anyone with gifts <clears throat> yeah and it sounds like you know from what you just said then it's a you're creating a basis for setting up healthy foundations coming into this relationship when it's getting more serious. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's very easy to talk about it when you have a, a bit of experience too, and, you, and you've been through this, but um, what do you think, what, what do you say for someone that's going through it for the first time? And I mean, a part of me wants to say, if you're, if this, if this is your first time feeling this honeymoon period, just go for it and don't, don't even you know listen too much to what we're saying just experience and and enjoy it for yourself (laughs) like but for people who have been through it before and um maybe have recognized some flaws or or mistakes that they they've made or you know whatever it might be then to to take on some information but it is really important to to just be and enjoy and and you know experience it yourself yeah and be realistic too though you know like have real like pull yourself back sometimes and be realistic about your expectations or be realistic about yourself about the other person because you're in that euphoric state you're ignoring everything else that's going on you just think this person is just beyond amazing Mm -hmm. so it's just about being self-aware of that too because then when things start to settle down it's not going to be such a shock to the system exactly and it is really euphoric i mean it can completely blind you 
the energy that you get from it. Like you can wake up in the morning and you're just like, I just want to work out for like three hours. I'm so happy. I'm so in love. Like this is amazing. <laughs> Wouldn't it be amazing if we could keep that up for a lifetime? If only they sold it in bottles. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Like it's I would I'm, forget I'm... about coffee. I I would be all about that. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure it's advertised somewhere. Someone is trying to sell it, I'm sure. So what about, you know, when you're getting into the kind of, not later stages, but when you're, you're getting past the, the honeymoon period and you're kind of um, getting to know each other on a more deeper level, how do you think we can kind of set up good foundations in the relationship? Well... You know, going back to what we just said before, when you're in that honeymoon phase and you're being realistic of the expectations of yourself and the other person, that comes down to setting up like foundations. I think what's really, really crucial in setting up foundations is accepting the other person for who they are. Mm -hmm. Clear communication, like clear communication I can't stress it enough like some people go I can communicate it's like yeah well that doesn't mean the other person is going to receive what you're communicating doesn't matter how good you're at good at communicating mm -hmm. um transparency as well you're never going to tell your whole 100% story of you or you're never going to tell every little detail of your day to someone but being transparent about big things or things that are, could affect the relationship that is so crucial because that sets up trust, that sets up honesty, that sets up respect. Do you think like people have to be careful about, you know, bringing in baggage, I guess? <laughs> like emotional baggage? I think so. Yeah, emotional baggage. I mean, I'm not talking about carry on baggage. I know we're all eager to go on holidays, but the we shouldn't be eager to bring baggage into our relationships. But is there any ways we can mm -hmm. like, um, I guess baggage from past relationships, like, you know, trust issues, for example, can, is that, is that, is that baggage? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, for me, I would categorize that as emotional baggage because then you have trust issues. I honestly feel that it, it can be really unfair to the other person. Like if you're not coming into that, relationship with a clear slate and viewing that as a total new chapter in your life it can be really unfair to the other person because they can be completely emotionally unavailable the other person doesn't understand why they're emotionally unavailable but it's because they've had toxic relationships in the past and you could be unaware of that and then you're thinking there's something wrong with you or there's something wrong in that relationship and that could cause you to become distant and then problems unravel because that person's emotionally unavailable and at the same token, you don't want to make that other person feel like it's a privilege for them to gain, to have to gain your trust, or it's a privilege for you to be honest with them, or it's a privilege for you to be emotionally available for them. Like, how is that fair? It should be a complete clean slate. And if you do have those issues, um, a part of setting up a healthy foundation in a relationship is you tell that person at the beginning, at the very beginning of dating, hey, I've had some previous relationships where I've had trust issues before. I just want to let you know that I still feel a bit funny about this, but I'm working through it. And how do you think that that should be received from the other person? I mean, should you, should you be supportive and ensure them that 
you know, this is a new relationship and I mean, how can people be supportive of the partner who has gone through something like that in the past? I mean, you can be supportive by if they're having doubts about you, reassure them. Don't make them feel like what they're saying is irrelevant or that it's trivial. Because it's very easy for a person to go, well, don't worry, I'll never be like that. But how are the more practical ways that you can show them, you know, and and really be there for them and, and make them feel like they're loved? Like I said, like if they raise an issue where they're saying, hey, I'm feeling a little bit triggered by this and you're saying to them, well, this is not a big deal. Let it go then that's not really being supportive of what they initially told you at the start of the relationship. Mm -hmm. But if you're saying to them, hey, I acknowledge you. I understand this may be a problem for you, but I reassure you that it's not as deep as you're thinking and have a conversation about it. It's really having a, sitting down, having a conversation about it is really the best way you you can get around it. Mm-hmm. otherwise it's going to go south it's going to go downhill you're going to start arguing you're going to create trust issues there's going to be problems and the relationship is going to turn out disastrous so if you're in a relationship and you know you have these healthy foundations well what you have perceived as healthy foundations and you know something gets rocked or something happens um is there any ways you can kind of recognize what it is, whether it's communication or whatever it might be? Have you kind of experienced any of that before? Um, yeah, I've seen it where you've had all the foundations settled down. Like you have the trust there. You feel like you have the transparency there. And um, yeah, it's like a really nice, respectful relationship. But then you find out later on in the relationship, it's, something else and it doesn't even come down to foundations you know it comes down to the type of person and the the um traits of a person do you think people can kind of change who who they are getting into their relationship i don't know if it's changing who they are but i can definitely say that you know there is circumstances where people will perceive themselves to be um very grounded and very secure with themselves and secure within a relationship. And then when you get into a relationship and because the relationship keeps going deeper and you start learning more about them, you find out who they truly are and their true colors. And I don't know if that's um, a persona that they would usually show or um, they like to have like two different lives. Mm. But that definitely can occur where you feel like you know that person and you feel like you have all the foundations set down, but then it ends up being like a completely different person. You would you kind of second guess everything. You're like, is this all fake? What was this? And what do you do in that situation? How do you how do you deal with that? Well, just like your scenario in the dating podcast, like when you realize they're a completely different person, you just run and go. <laughs> <laughs> no I don't know like you just have to end it I guess unless you're going to talk through and you're going to go through couple therapy like it depends on where you're at in the relationship how long it's been and how much you really want to have that person in your life and how much you love them so you know you always have that 
option of couple therapy. But if it's something that's deeply ingrained into that person personality, they might have to, you might just have to end it and they might just need to go and do work on themselves because it's something that can be really hard to change. So I guess it's about doing the work in the sense that you are dealing with that trauma, you're acknowledging that trauma, you're healing that trauma and you're moving forward to have a healthier relationship with yourself and a healthier relationship with people around you. Do you think there's been cases when people have kind of thought they've worked on themselves but come back and kind of the same issues arise again? Hmm. Look, from a personal experience, I can say to you, you like, you never, and I think you know this yourself as well, like, you never stop working on yourself, full stop, like, you don't. Like, Mm -hmm. if you're all about self-development and you're constantly, like, recognizing your flaws and where you're at, you never stop self-developing. But the one thing is, each relationship can be so different. And when you're already self-aware of yourself and you feel like you've already done the work, the next person you go into a relationship is going to make you realize other aspects of yourself that you haven't done the work on so it's a never-changing cycle isn't it (laughs) never changing you'll pick like something will happen in those dynamics and you will be triggered by it and you'll be like wow i didn't even realize this was an issue but you've triggered me so clearly i have some unresolved trauma sitting somewhere that i need to work on so i need to go and do this so i'll talk to you in a few months (laughs) <laughs> peace <laughs> yeah. no they, it depends on the person they might be really supportive and be like okay cool like you are gonna love you and support you unconditionally while you work through that like somebody could be super compassionate about it but if that person is doesn't have the patience and they're not compassionate or they don't understand on a deep level because they're not self-aware of themselves then clearly it's best to end the relationship and just do you do you think people should go away and, and every so often kind of reevaluate themselves and just to, you know, self-improve? Well, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Yeah, that's a good, good point. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like if you're not having troubles in your relationship, then don't try to search for troubles or don't try to create something like, do I have hidden trauma somewhere? I better go on a self-discovery. <laughs> no. If anything, just maybe re-evaluate your relationship and if there's any sort of like spark missing then try to rekindle that or try to bring back that extra love and spice that you had from the beginning of the relationship Mm -hmm. you say rekindle um how can people start to really get that love back and get that i wouldn't say honeymoon period back but get but get to a point where they're really really in love with each other again yeah, look, I could easily be like, just have one kinky night today with each other and have a bit of play, like, but sex is not everything. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it comes down to creating a love bubble with one another. Like if you notice that things are not the way they used to be and the spark is just not there, like make time to have dates, make time to, I don't know, like be playful with your partner. And I think that's really important because people get so caught up in being in this dynamic of a relationship after a few years, right? Mm -hmm. And then they may create a family together. So everything is surrounded by working, paying bills, creating a future together, taking care of the family. They forget 
about the playfulness and that's super essential like send your man a message telling them what you want to do to them like just have some fun Mm -hmm. send some photos do something um plan a nice date somewhere go away for a weekend have little monthly weekend getaways very very interesting what do you say about to people that are kind of you know that would like to do this but have kind of feeling like they're almost got to the point where no maybe it's a little bit weird if I do that now or you know I've got to the point now where my wife or my husband or whoever will just say what the hell is wrong with you what are you after sending me here I mean there's no harm in putting yourself out there right like you're already in the relationship they already know everything about you like how are you going to embarrass yourself even more than when you're screaming at your your partner for being annoying like come on (laughs) Like, if you're going to say to your partner, hey, I just want to have, like, a weekend away with you. I want to have a nice dinner with you. I want to spice things up in the bedroom with you. If your partner is going to reject that, then are they even in love with you? Because, honestly, nobody who loves their partner would be, like, rejecting that. They wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, I don't want to have a weekend away with you. Or I don't want to have, like, a kinky night in with you. Like, unless they're not in love. They're just comfortable. What do you think are the three kind of best ways to spice it up a little bit? Uh, reevaluate your sex life. That is so essential. Evaluate your sex life. What do you mean evaluate um, it? Well, I mean, like if you get to the point where you're only having sex once a month and you've been together for a long time, that's come on. You have time. You have time. <laughs> You can make time. You have time. Because if you're going to sit on your phone an hour before going to sleep, that could be an hour that you're being intimate with your partner. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of guys are listening. What, an hour? Oh, God. <laughs> Not saying they need to like go for an hour, but you know, yeah, that is time that you can dedicate being intimate with your partner. Yeah, yeah. So... That's what I mean. Or even just trying new things, like experimenting in the bedroom and doing different things with each other. That can also spice things up and make things a little bit more exciting. What about love letters? Um, Because if you're going to be with love letters... (laughs) (laughs) What what is it? Did you learn this from the notebook? Because you mentioned the notebook to me before. Like you watched it like how many times? Did you learn it from that? Look at... I was in a situation where I had to watch The Notebook. <laughs> I was forced into watching it. And I'm sure a lot of guys listening here have been in the same situation. How many guys have been forced into yeah. watching The Notebook? I would love to know. And how yeah, many guys, how many guys are, haven't been forced? <laughs> and how many guys have denied about being forced to watch it? I'd say also a lot. <laughs> I bet that you enjoyed the movie. You probably even cried a little. It wasn't a bad movie. It wasn't a bad. And to be fair, I'm a big fan of Rachel McAdams. So, yes, uh, I did like the movie a little bit. I won't lie. <laughs> there you go. Truth comes out. <laughs> so what else? You're not really forced, are you, if you like it? No, I've, I, I was, I had rubber arms. I wasn't, I wasn't pushed in with my arms behind my back by any means. <laughs> exactly. Um... Oh, look, you know, 
apart from the whole sex thing, I think also just the gestures. Like if a love letter is your thing, then do a love letter. If a poem's your thing, do that. But then other just general stuff is just taking time out, like going out for a picnic, going out for a hike together, going having one-on-one time together, having dinner, or going away for a weekend, doing that every month or every couple of months whenever you can. Those things um, really help maintaining a love bubble and just keeping things fun and exciting. Mm-hmm. And just about having one one evening or one night dedicated to each other. We all have time to, to put to put aside a couple of hours um, each week on a special day where you are dedicated to doing something with each other, whatever it might be. Yeah, you know, time is definitely um, like an illusion. And I mean it in this way, in the sense of, we always say we're busy, 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 and that we don't have time for anything, but it's so not true. Mm-hmm. That's just like a mask. And like from experience, I had a situation where when I was in a relationship, um, my partner at the time said to me, like, we just never FaceTime. We just never FaceTime. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm so busy doing other stuff. He's like, yeah, but we talk, but we don't FaceTime. And I don't usually FaceTime full stop. Like people who know me know I don't really do it at all. Mm-hmm. But it was very important to him. And it was important for him for a connection of the relationship. And at that moment of time, I didn't really understand it until I had to sit back and think of it. Like, okay, that's important for him to feel connected within the relationship. But my thing was like, I didn't have time, but time was just a mask. It wasn't even real. I'm just thinking ahead of like how much stuff I have to do within my day when I could easily be like, okay, cool. I'm already talking on the phone with you for two hours. I definitely could just FaceTime for two hours. Yeah. You see how crazy that is? It's like a mindset thing. Yeah, it is. And I mean, I guess we can touch base um, on long distance relationships as well. I mean, because that's another kettle of fish. Everything is done on communication. Mm-hmm. You have to be an excellent communicator for a long distance relationship, really. But like, is there such thing as excess communication too much? Uh, like at a distance mm-hmm. yeah I don't know that's a tough one I think because it's different when you live together you're not going to really talk in the day right because mm-hmm. you see each other in the morning nighttime whatever the case may be like you'll see each other because you live together but at a distance you seem to be in contact pretty much nearly not 24 hours but you know that's an exaggeration but basically 24 hours like you're constantly messaging and calling each other because of the distance yeah I know personally I've been in um I've been in a long distance relationship for, for a long, long time, but for me it sometimes it used to trouble me that you were you had to be connected um almost twenty four seven. Whereas mm-hmm. um personally I would much rather have, you know, really good quality time in the evening or whatever it might be when you when you finish your day to, to spend with each other. But I guess mm-hmm. We're at it. We are at a new stage of life where we are always connected, and we are still really learning about how to manage this connection because it is really new. It's it's, you know, fifteen twenty years, whatever it is, we that we are starting to really be connected with everyone. And yeah. relationship, long distance relationships, are really common nowadays, 
And especially now, Definitely. if you're in a long distance relationship and you can't travel as much. So communication is a huge, huge thing. Communication and connection. It is so huge. And there's so many different expectations around it. Like if someone's really busy and they also want to, they don't have time because they're working so many hours and they want to dedicate that time to a partner as well as friends, it can be tricky because the partner can have expectations like, hey, I don't get to speak to you all the time because you're so busy. We're living in different locations. But then it's just like a juggling act, right? Mm-hmm. It, is, it is. It is a juggling act. And I mean... I guess some people are very, very good at it and some people are not. And Uh, that comes down to the foundations that you've created and the love language that each other has as well. Like all of these things factor in and they're so crucial and they factor in and that is really going to set up how the dynamics are going to be, especially at a distance as well. Yeah. Because you can have one relationship that's long distance, but if you have like a the same love language and you have the foundation set it's not that hard actually having a relationship at a distance you time doesn't matter like distance doesn't matter like the connections there it doesn't there's no nothing that impedes that but if you don't have that set up and you have two different love languages where one person can deal with the other person being at a distance but the other person can't deal with that it makes things hard and that can be a shock for people you know, if you're in person and you still have two different love languages, but, you know, that doesn't have to mean um, it's not going to work out. People can still really get on and really fall in love. But things can change very dramatically when you go into a long distance relationship because the physical factor is taken out of it. And then people can really realize that love language is a much bigger thing in this instance, because you're relying on the connection, you're relying on, on, on different things for your relationship. It's so true. And then even with foundations, like having that transparency and clear communication, if you're not used to communicating with someone all the time about your day, that's going to be a foreign concept for you. And, and it can feel suffocating for some people having mm-hmm. to sit there communicating about their day all the time. And then if someone's big on communication, they're going to feel like, well, that person's pulling away from me. Like, I'm not suffocating you. But I want to know about your life. I want to know about you. I want to know about your day. Yeah, it's very interesting, isn't it? I mean, you know, if if you are in that position and, and you're struggling in, in one direction, maybe it's something to bring up with your partner about, like, as in I'm struggling in this in this point or... um. I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed maybe in this area, but I think it's because we're lacking in this, this and this or whatever it might be. I mean, do you think, mm-hmm. how do you think it's, it would be a good way to bring it up or, or to, you know, um, talk about it, I guess? Yeah, I, there is no like set way. It's just, you just bring it up and you have the discussion, but then there needs to be some sort of compromise. Like is someone going to move? Are we going to change the way we communicate with each other? Are we going to change our perceptions on how we view the dynamics of being at a distance? You know, there's so many different avenues you can take on kind of mitigating that pressure. Mm. But you see. said you said you weren't big on really communicating with someone 24-7 and that you were in a long-distant relationship prior, so... I mean, in a male perspective, how did you go about that? You know, 
when I say I wasn't big on communication, um, or sorry, I wasn't big on, on, on that so much, I just never liked to be attached to my phone. I, I, I don't like pulling up my phone every 10 minutes to, to respond to, to anyone. Um, but what I would always do was uh, send pictures of kind of my day. Send pictures or quick videos. Um, and that would keep in touch and also just... Um, let them know how my day is going and this kind of a thing. But for me, I really, really don't like being attached to my phone too much. And I'd say a lot of people are. I'm sure a lot of a lot of um guys and women and everyone are like that. Some of everyone's different, like, but I guess I never thought about it. I never dived into it too deeply. I mean, just from this conversation, I've realized a lot of stuff already. And I hope a lot of other people have too. <laughs> Seriously, some things have really clicked here. I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that's why I was feeling like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're kind of like, I understand why she was mad now. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it only took me two years. Yeah. <laughs> it only took me two mm. years, but I'm here. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's where I made the mistake. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's it's a deep topic and there's lots of different avenues and stuff, but like, the love language is, is is a big one for me. That's that that's a, a pretty new concept, and you know, especially coming from a physical relationship to a long distance relationship, um, it really plays a big part, and it's something you should should take note on. Like so, even after this podcast, I think I'll put up some um, some more information about it so people can read into it because I think it's it's important just for people to have more awareness about it. Yeah. And I mean, like creating healthy foundations around your love language as well can really be a make or break of the relationship and knowing whether the relationship is unhealthy and can be rectified because you haven't created healthy foundations around those, those types of like love languages or um, whether it's just not compatible full stop. Yes, I agree. And, you know, that's something we are going to touch on in the next podcast, which is going to be all about breakups. So, Crystal, would you like to give yourself another shout out and you know, tell people where they can find you? Where they can find me? Well, in the digital world, <laughs> you can virtually find me on Instagram at Seed Rise Bloom. And also my website is eadrisebloom.com. Thank you very, very much for coming on the show again today. Um, it was a lovely, lovely to talk to and lovely to learn from you because I learned a lot of stuff again today about um, love languages and everything, a lot of different dynamics. So it was a pleasure having you on and <laughs> I hope everyone enjoyed the show. So... Crystal, thank you. Looking forward to bringing you on again and to talk about more in the breakup world. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute joy. And I did hear you kind of like slip out of conversations and go down memory lane. So <laughs> I wonder if that's going to happen for our listeners as well. <laughs> but uh, sending much love to everybody who has listened and looking forward to kind of diving into the breakup conversation. <laughs> Yeah, me too. Me too. Thank you, Crystal. <laughs>